Welcome to IT for Whiskey, a podcast for new or existing managed service providers and your occasional whiskey connoisseur. My name is Myron Herrera. My company is Cinetech Solutions. Uh, we are a MSP based out of Dallas. I'm also the CEO of Greenlink Networks, which is a voice over IP uh, channel only uh, based out of Dallas as well. Business started in 2004. Combined, we're about 30 employees. You know, the reason I, I wanted to do this podcast was because visiting a lot of these events, I, I realized that a lot of the MSPs that were starting up were struggling with some of the same things that I struggled when we started our business. Meeting Craig and Joe, we shared the same passion and a lot of the same issues that, that we experienced. So wanting to take that pain away from some of the new guys, they decided to go with this podcast. My name is Craig Hickman. I'm with ProBlue in Bloomington, Indiana. ProBlue is a managed service provider. We started in 2005. I started with, well, I think, a total of three employees, and now we've grown to 11. We're a small shop. We're located in South Central Indiana, servicing a little over 200 customers. This is a great opportunity for me to talk to other peers and learn what they have done and what they have not done well and avoid all those caveats. This is a learning experience for us and also hopefully helping others along the way. My name is Joe Yusia. I'm the CEO for Infinite IT. We're located out of Toronto, Canada. We're currently about a dozen employees. We're an MSP. We were originally founded in 1999. I truly believe in this podcast because I wish somebody was there to help me and, and teach me a lot of the mistakes that they made and share with me their mind share on, on how to overcome issues. So I was lucky enough to meet Craig and Myron a few years ago and many years in the working and here we are. So we hope that you really get a lot out of this podcast and learn the things that I wish somebody would have told me. Welcome back to another episode of IT for Whiskey. I'm here joined today with my best bud, Joe Yusia. What's up? Well pronounced. I'm glad you pronounced it properly that time. Uh, that's right. <laughs> today we're missing our good friend, Craig, who's on vacation somewhere in somewhere around the world <laughs> i think he's in montana or kansas Who knows? or something i don't know where he, he is may right not now. he may not want people to know that he may be oh, in Australia. Sorry. he may be you know <laughs> yeah or maybe he's just at home doing a staycation and maybe he's just a maybe he's just at home and doesn't want to be on the call <laughs> <laughs> mystery man always on vacation That's right. oh That's he's right. my idol so what's so, going on man you know what? It's uh, summer of 2021. Things are starting to cool off as far as what the world has been going through. And now we're warming up with the temperatures here and loving it. Love it. Love yeah. it. Love it. Absolutely. Like every time of year. I would say that, you know, being that this is uh, summertime and I know that some of you listeners go to the exchange events, I will be at the Channel Goes uh, Exchange Conference in August in San Antonio. So if you are going to be there, come by, say hi. We'll have the Greenlink booth there. You know, you can always find me at the bar or at the pool. But um, yeah, come by and say hi, uh, you know, and we'll see what uh, we'll, we'll get to say hi to everybody. Joe, are you going? What? Nope. 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 <laughs> I'm not going. <laughs> not going. You know, us Canadians, we can't travel. Can't That's travel. Right. We're still border shut down, yeah. locked down, the whole nine yards. But um, no, it's, more importantly I, is that the world is getting better. Every every vaccine helps us get closer to the end game, I see. No, I'll be holding up the fort there in San Antonio. I'll be sending you a lot of pictures, and uh, it'll be fun. So uh, I'll be there with, the, with the rest of the gang. 
Yeah. Don't rub it in too much. Exactly. Don't rub it in too much. Yeah. <laughs> so what are we going to talk about today? Yeah, what do we talk? I think I think we uh, we I think we have a really good episode uh, today. You know, this is episode number fifty. Couple of things really? that are very different already. Yeah, today already. Yeah, wow. we're at, we're at, we're at, uh, yeah number fifty. It's been it's been a fun ride so far. You know, there's there's uh, a couple of things different already that you'll notice. Like we're missing Craig, which really is sad. But uh, this was also the first episode that you ever introduced. And for our listeners, really? if you oh wow, want to challenge that. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go back and listen to the first 49 and you'll see Myron never introduced an episode. That's right. By design. <laughs> By design. We, we had, we had cool. all this pent up. Yeah, this is all pent up for episode 50 for, for you to do the introduction. So it would be like a little bit of a special episode that way. It's but, either that or, or for 49 episodes, I tried to do it and I couldn't do it. And you guys had to do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like my theory better. <laughs> but today's episode's really, really interesting because it's it's all about real life in the MSP world. It's all about you know setting your future goals and and you know uh, setting expectation uh, expectations of, of of your staff, of your company, with your customers, etc. Uh, for the future and with that how do you do it you know through you know cash flow we're going to talk a little bit about and we're going to talk a little bit about m a because there's a lot of activity going on in the industry right now everyone's getting either swallowing or swallowed up it seems like and i get pitched all the time to to, to purchase our company and you know so there's a lot of m a activity and it, you know you have to look at long term uh what is your exit strategy and how do you get there kind of thing so I think yeah. that a good title for today's episode is "What is your exit strategy?" Yeah, I think that's it. You, you Perfect. It. I, you know, I think that people don't do enough planning when it comes to their exit strategy, and um, and sometimes it it hurts them because that planning, not not just planning in terms of preparing the the business for an exit, but also planning yourself, your personal you know, your personal finances, your, you know, little thing called capital gains is going to beat the crap out of you when you, when you sell the business. So you want to be able to have a good plan in place to, you know, with your financial teams to be able to address that, you know, I'll tell you we're, we're, we're actually, uh, you know, doing an acquisition, uh, currently and, um, going to be probably closed by the time this airs. The question that some people have to ask themselves is, have I taken the business to the, the the most that I can take it, you know, without any assistance, right? So if they have a good exit plan, they can say, okay, I've I've grown the business business to this point, but from here on, I need other people's help, right? So in our case, we're we're without saying anything, we're acquiring a, the entire business, including the team members that were, you know, the ownership that was there, and they're staying on board because. They, they've taken the business far and they've done an amazing job, uh, but it makes sense for them to align themselves with us so that we can look at the future and grow things together. You know, and there's, there's a ton of ways to, to do that, structure it, you know, whether it's selling the business as a whole, whether it's, you know, staying on as a minority partner or, you know, minority interest or, or whatever the case is. The, but the point is that you have to plan for it way in advance so that way you got your books in order you got your agreements in order you got your you know all the things in place so that 
you can come to the converse to the table with a with a solid conversation my opinion you know we've been looking at deals for for a little bit over a year um and i've probably looked at 50 to 60 deals um and for the most part it, you know the, the 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 people weren't ready uh they, they didn't have the 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 structure of the business ready they didn't have their financials ready they you know there were a lot of things that they didn't have ready um and it it, it devalued the business it it you know it put a lot of risks on the fact that all, all all the if everything goes through you as the owner then you know then you're the business there there is no business without you so that that puts some risk so right. you know what, what what's your thought through that so so the question I have is now, you know, we've been in business a long time like yourself, and we now look backwards saying, shoulda, woulda, coulda, and if I would have known, I would have done it, right? The real question is where do they start? So very, very first thing to do um, are small, simple steps. Make sure that you're, you're speaking to a tax specialist in your jurisdiction. You know, a lot of times you can speak to these tax specialists and they don't charge you for the time because they want to help you with the tax preparation or the planning and the strategy. Right. So get some get some free advice out there. There's tons of it going around and uh, there's a lot of resources. You know, check with your local chambers. Another example, they'll be able to give you a, uh, direct you into the right direction uh, for tax specialists, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So talking to tax specialists right out of the gates on how to do things, and you got to remember something. And and the one thing that if I could go back to when we started this company, and if there was one thing I wish I would have done differently, I wish that we would have set up a completely separate savings account for the company. And over the years, take half a percent or a percent of whatever we sell and just put the money there. And just do that slowly. And it could be something as simple as, you know, over the course of like every month, you, you've you got, uh, you know, an extra hundred dollars. OK, you know, what? let's throw it in there kind of thing. Or you say this month I made, you know, three thousand dollars in profit. I'm going to take 50 bucks and throw it in whatever the math is that works, something that doesn't affect the, your business operations. Yep. And thrown into a separate little account because you know those little crumbs that you keep throwing into the account and make sure that you you put it into an account if you don't have self-control that has deterrence on withdrawals that they're going to charge you money to withdraw it so you're going to always try to avoid touching it kind of thing yeah or that it takes a couple of days or whatnot to, to withdraw. right and, and and putting it into a different i did this in my personal life i opened up with a completely different fi and i i while i was growing up i was putting money away into this other account. Um, and unfortunately, I didn't think of applying that to my business world. And I yep. regret that now because going back to find some, you know, a few dollars under the couch doesn't always help kind of, if you know what I'm trying to say, right? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, no, I, mean, I would, well, and, and, and if you use the same principles of savings, just a standard savings, you, you just, you know, you start little and as you get comfortable, you keep, you keep growing that percentage percentage. And then next, you know, you know, you have this, this, you know, 10 years later, you have a significant amount of money put away that then, you know, going into what you're trying right. to explain. What, what do you do with that money then? So there's different things. You talk to a financial advisor and, you know, start there for sure. Um, Again, it's always talking to specialists. That's the key. When you when you work with specialists that do things for a living, 
um, the same reason why customers come to you as an MSP. They're coming to you yeah. as a specialist, right? And it's the exact same logic. Talk to someone that does this for a living and not necessarily someone like a stockbroker because they're not going to be your best advice. I would say a financial advisor, someone that does estate planning for a living, someone that does, you know, things of that nature. It could be a lawyer, could be a financial planner, whatever the case is. But you need, whichever route you go, you need someone that's a tax specialist, right? And they'll yeah, tell you how to shelter CPA, things. CPA, a CPA right. or something like that. Like in our case, we, you know, I've, I've, I've gone through it through our our life of our business, you know, or businesses, we've, we have gone through many, many CPAs because, you know, one was good at just doing the bookkeeping. One was good at just doing the taxes and so on and so forth. So being able to go out and find that right CPA and you keep looking until you find the right one where the right. one that we have now is very helpful in the sense of being able to say, look, you need to do this. You need to, you know, you need to plan better right. for, you know, this, if you're looking to acquire, you need to do this better planning. You need to put, you know, right. your, your financials don't look good. You need to make these changes. Um, that's, that's, and, and I, I lean on my, I lean on my CAO a lot for that. Uh, it's yeah. her job to make sure that things are, you know, cause book finance reports to her and it's her job to make sure that things are in order and that, you know, things are done because we, we work with an external CA firm that does our, our year ends and everything and our tax planning and they have tax planners on staff there. And we, we do pay for that uh, as a service because we're at a more mature state now. But it's worth its weight in gold because if I can avert, you know, fifty thousand dollars a year in, in tax somehow legally, like not avert, but reduce my tax position by fifty grand, and I give them ten, well, you know, I'm up. So it, it makes yep. sense, right? Absolutely. And I also just I also just I did something took me a year and a half to do, but I did something that we finished in January that I wish I had done ten years earlier. We did a full estate plan. And we did, like, my whole family got together. We all, everyone that had common interest, we all got together, my brothers and my parents and I. And we built out a full estate plan, and we put all our, our things in order, you know, last rights, will, testament, blah, 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 blah. And we did it for all of us, right? And the whole family is now, it cost us a lot of money. It took over a year to do. And we all had, you know, the common consultants, lawyers, accountants, whatever. Then we had our own on the outside that we all dealt with. And yeah. just to make sure things are, you know, you know, everything's uh, checked and balanced, right? And planned. Yeah. So now I can say comfortably, um, you know, we have our vision of what our exit strategy is going to be. And when it comes time to execute on that, I'm ready for it now. Yeah. Wh whatever the yeah, outcome is, that, I'm ready for it. And that's, that's the thing, you know, it, 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 it the ultimate thing here, it requires planning planning and planning right. requires you know a lot of time in advance you can't wake up one day and say i'm ready to sell today you know or i'm ready to acquire today you need to plan that because you're you're you know if you're looking to acquire you need to have the right team in place you have to have the you know it, it takes a lot of work i mean you know through right. an acquisition not only it's you you get to the finish line where you acquire that's just the start because now you have to you have to take this business and merge it into your own, right? And that takes a lot of a lot of uh, uh, effort. So do all the planning that you can. Speak to specialists. There's tons of people, whether it's in the industry, that have experience with with uh, M and A, uh, with mergers and acquisitions, that can help. Uh, whether it is to find the deal, whether it is to help you prepare for that, 
And if it's to, if it's to exit, talk to your CPA, talk to your to your financial people, and um, and and set yourself up correctly so that way when when the time comes that there's a buyer that's knocking on your door, you're able to get the maximum out of the sale. Not, and it's not just the maximum price that the buyer is willing to pay, but it's the maximum that you're going to get because you've 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 allocated you know correctly so that you can pay the right amount of tax and not overpaying in tax when it's when you right. know when it's not planned so those right. things are are critical those things are critical right. and then you, you want know, to you want to maximize point. your dollar which is not necessarily yeah. just to point to what you're trying to say is you don't it's not necessarily if you get a dollar from the acquisition you have a dollar right but that dollar might cost you 40 cents or it might cost you 50 cents or it might cost you 20 cents to keep it right so You've got to look at the the big picture and the math and what the outcome is going to be like. And you know, every I will say, um, having gone down the path of of M and A several times, the reality is the majority of of acquisitions or mergers don't happen. The vast majority do not happen. And it's like everything in life, you know, when you meet someone, uh, you know, everything's hunky dory. You're dating, you know, everyone's excited and something new and et cetera, et cetera. And everyone's thinking the best outcome possible. But then once you start opening their closets and you see all the skeletons, next thing you know, you're like, ooh, <laughs> wait a minute. Hold on a second. What? <laughs> you know, you used to do what? Or you have this lawsuit against you or you've got this lien against the company. And you didn't tell me about that. Oh, yeah, that was like from five years ago and two years is going to fall off. No, 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 no. That, you know, all those things are, are really important. And especially when people are not upfront about it, it's even scarier, but that's a whole other ball of wax. And I'll tell you firsthand, having gone through that process several times on both sides, I will say that it's a very distracting and time consuming process. And unless you're dedicated to it, like everything else in this world, if you don't, you get, you always get the product is always what you put into it. So if you're going to just kind of treat it as, hey, if I find something, I find it, I got some cash, I can throw it at it. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Well, I'll tell you right now, you're setting yourself up for failure. Take that money and put it into a different vehicle and you'll make more money off that money for like, it'll work better for you. Uh, M&A is a complex, it is a very daunting thing to, to do and you need to be focused and want it. And for both parties to, in order to maximize the outcome, everyone has to be dedicated, dedicated to it. Otherwise it's a waste of time. Right? Yeah. And to just finish off on that point, I mean, there's, they're going to ask for three to four years of, you know, everything from bank statements to, you know, financial, you know, your AR, your AP, I mean, everything. You need to show, you know, three to four years minimum of all that stuff. So it's, right. it, you know, why why this contract terminated? There's there's a ton of data, right? So it, it does take a lot of a lot of time. And then moving on with that with that same subject, once you do, let's say you are acquiring, you have all these questions that your employees may be asking because there's there's this all this anxiety that comes in, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> do I still have a job? <laughs> that's your one thing does my pay change does my benefits change do, you know i i typically have you know tuesday's afternoon off is that a problem now you know like all, all these all these nuances right including to like you know we have healthcare currently and we're going to go to a new 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 company that you know 
maybe they have the same plans, but does that mean that my deductibles change? Does that mean that that you know my out of pocket that I've paid through this year is now you know do I lose? It? I mean, there's a ton of things, so it requires a lot um, from a planning and, and, and you know and managing standpoint. But you have to have you know. You know, having gone having gone through it on on the employee side many many years ago, I, I remember uh, our sales manager at the time. This is back in the '90s. He said, and he was a really really smart man. And um, and he said, guys, he said, because uh, we were all guys on the sales force at the time. He said, guys, listen. He said, uh, there's three things that are going to go through your mind, and they're me questions, they're us questions, and then them questions. And those are the three things that are going to go through your mind. But first is me. What's going to happen to me? What are, how's this going to impact me? What about my world? What about me, 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 me? Which is not wrong. It's natural. And then well, what about my team and, you know, my colleagues and the culture here, this, that, and the other. And then it's about them. Who are these people that I have to start working with? You know, I'm, I'm going to end right. up reporting to a jerk or a really right. difficult person or, you know, right. my whatever, whatever. Right. So those are literally, literally the three things that people worry about me, us, them. And yeah. I'll tell you, you know, the one thing he said to me back then, and I, I laughed it off because I was pretty young at the time. He said, no matter what happens, remember something. This is not a reflection on you. At the end of the day, go home, have a drink, and unwind. Yeah. Because there's nothing you can do to control it. Speaking yeah. of, speaking of, what are you drinking today, Myron? <laughs> well, well, if we want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. I I have uh, I have been on a Dalmore uh, rampage lately, and um, you know, recently it was uh, Father's Day, right? And it was also my wedding anniversary date. Uh, so I, one of the, you know, one of the things I bought for myself actually um, to celebrate that day was this 15-year-aged um, uh, Dalmore bottle. And let me tell you, it's um, it goes down really well. Um, they're they're. The Dalmores as a whole, you get a 12 and it's well-priced. Uh, it, it's a good taste, it, you know. Then you got, I think there's like a sherry, 12-year uh, sherry. I don't know if I've, have I done the sherry on the, on yes, the show? Yes, you have. Not on the yeah, show, so but they, I know we've we've had it together. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So that one I should I should bring out one. That's a good bottle. You know, then you go into the 15-year or you go to the, you know. So this 15-year is, is so good. It's got... Um, they don't talk about much of what's mixed in it, but I believe it's Oloroso cask and sherry cask. So it's gonna it's gonna have it a really nice, smooth. No, no, you don't have that bark at the end yeah. that you get with with some of like the oaky things. Um, I really like it. Um, it's a little yeah. pricey. It's not a it's not a let's get let's get hammered on it yeah. kind of drink. <laughs> yeah, but, no, um, absolutely. It's a really nice drink. What are you drinking? I so in the theme of Oloroso sherry cask, as it turns out, that's a coincidence. Yeah. I am drinking the Tomatin, eighteen-year-old. Just, 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 just you know, the only thing I'm going to say about this is, wow. <laughs> also, not an inexpensive bottle. It's it's you know almost three hundred dollars here, um, but it is Canadian. Canadian, so that's like 
in the U.S., you probably pick it it's up like, for like one fifty. Yeah, probably. But I will say, it is a it is a great drink. Uh, I I I do like the entire Dalmore lineup better than I like Tomatin, but Tomatin makes some good stuff. Let's just say they're they're uh, it's smooth again, no barkiness, no oakiness. It's very it's got a nice sweetness to it. It's uh, it doesn't burn, no aftertaste. It's it's just great. Yeah. Again, not something you. I I have to try. Slam. I have to try that bottle. Um, I have not seen it um, at the places that I typically shop, so um, very I, I hard gotta... to come by here too. Don't worry about it. It's not a very common yeah. brand. I got I gotta put it on my list, um, and when I see it, to just grab it. Absolutely. And and you know they they're a Highland, uh, and for Highlands, I'd have to say they're probably one of the better one of the better not the best but one of the better Highlands for sure. Yeah, well, well, the Dalmore is a Highland, and I would say that the Dalmore is one of the better Highlands. <laughs> I would say Dalmore, and I said it. Dalmore is better than Tomatin, yeah. no question, hands down. Uh, any of the Dalmores are better than any of the Tomatins, like for like, right? So if you took like the cigar malt from from uh, there versus it, that beats every single Tom Dan out there. Uh, like, oh yeah. like, yeah, yeah. No, that's that a cigar, cigar malt. Fantastic, fantastic. Um, I, I yeah. will, I will finish saying that for for my anniversary, my wife gave me the Alexander, um, the uh, the Alex. What is it? The Alexander the the third. Alexander yes. third bottle yes. of the Dalmore. Yeah. That thing is, I, I will I will talk about it in another episode, but that thing is amazing. Um, I'm really yeah. on a Dalmore thing. So, and this is not sponsored by Dalmore, but if Dalmore, you're listening and want to sponsor it, hey, we, you know, we're open. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, so so that's that. Um, great, great drinks. So the, the interesting thing is, as, uh, as a quick little uh, seed that I'm going to plant, um, IT for Whiskey is working on something right now. We got something in the works to kind of evolve a little bit. Um, so stay tuned for that. That's all I'm going to say, nothing else, but I'm just going to say, you know, we do focus a lot on whiskey, but we've uh, decided we're going to evolve it a little bit and we're going to make it a little more interesting. So stay tuned well, there's a lot for of, future episodes. There's a lot of, you know, just to open, just a little bit. I mean, there's a lot of hobbies that you and I have that we we share. And I wonder if there's other MSPs that share those same hobbies. So that that that's you know, that's out there. And and if you're listening and there is something that you want us to talk about, um, let us know. You know how yeah, how can they reach absolutely. us, Joe? Very easy, very simple. Social at itforwhiskey.com. You could look yeah. us up anywhere. We're all over the web. We're not hard to find. Doesn't matter if you spell spell whiskey with or without an e. Um, You'll find us. You always find us. But to kind of circle back to what we were saying before, before we wrap, you know, it's really important. Those three things I was talking about, me, us, and them, you know, when you're going through any sort of M&A, it is important. It's critical to communicate with the staff. Once you know something is happening, my staff probably never thought or realized that we were going through M&A at any point. And, you know, for those that are listening, sorry, <laughs> but you know the way you guys say, I don't know what you do all day, but you're clearly busy because you're always on the phone. You know, different things. I'm juggling all the time, right? And not to say, we're not going through anything right now, so it's not to say that it's always happening. But you know, a few times a year, we we get into discussions about it, and I've gotten over 
Yeah, you got to look at it. I mean, just just to dive a little bit closer to that, you got to as as a business leader, you have to look at what's best for the business and the team. And right. that that could be that could be a, a you know allow an M and A because if there's right. a if there's a if there's an advantage of teaming up with another with other players, then that 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 totally makes sense, you know. Um, yeah, and it and... doesn't mean that it has to be another MSP because you know what if you were to find a complementary company that is a SaaS player, for example, and right. you have no overlap in what you do per se, but it's a similar model in the background. You know, monthly recurring billing, support, you know, da, 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 development, but it's a different outcome is what you're you're trying to achieve. Well, that's a great that's a great strategy as well because now you can cross sell to each other's customers. And cross-pollinate, right? So well, it doesn't you, mean it has to be another MSP. That's correct. That's correct. Um, right. But it, it's 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 a matter at the at the end of the day, you, as a leader, you want to make sure that the business is strong, and you do right. whatever it takes to make that business strong. Whether it is buy another business, sell to another business, you know, merge with another business, whatever the case is. You know what I mean? That, that that's the ultimate, you know, responsibility that that as business owners we we hold and and you know the team members just need to know that if if you're if you work for someone right and i'm going to just talk about in general and and my team members that are listening to this you know you can hear this loud and clear if if i'm out there and i'm saying it makes sense for us to sell the business right and they they work for the company Right. So the, my team works for my company. They they believe that I'm the, the, the right leader. Right. And I'm making the right decisions for the business. So if my decision is to sell the business because it's the best decision for the business and for the team, then everybody should be on board with that. You know what I mean? Like, that's the way you got to look at it. You know, if, right. and if and if you don't believe in me, then you shouldn't be working you know, right. within the business. So that those, those are the things that I think has got to be clear for the, for, for the members of whoever's looking at, at whether it's an acquisition or, you know, whatever type of M and A, right. you have to look at it that way. So I, I, but I think it's very nerve wracking for anybody, anybody from the, from the seller, right? So the, from the owners, from, let's say if we were selling, it would be nerve wracking for me because that means my life is about to change to the, to every single member of the team. So it's not that I'm not disqualifying the 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 issue or the the challenge of going through an MA, but just know that we're all in it together if something like that's happening. And for the record, I'm not, we're not selling. We're just I'm just illustrating that out. You know, including our Greenlink partners. Don't worry, we're not selling. We're just we're just <laughs> illustrating this. <laughs> yeah, it's just a conversation to make a point, yeah, right? That, and, that's right. And you know, and you, the, at the end of the day, um, that old antage of you know, one door closes, another opens. And that's all that's up right. to you on whether or not that happens. If if for whatever reason you are no longer working for the company because of m a it just means you've got a, another opportunity to go out there and find a new path for yourself and it is what it is right so i always look at it this way i always say that you know and i say this a lot and and, and ivan that that you know helps out with the podcast and stuff he's heard me say this plenty of times i don't fire people people fire themselves right so if there's an m a going on and you you're doing your job and you do your job at the best there is 
then you don't have anything to worry about because most likely they're not going to let go of you. They're going to let go of the person that doesn't do their job and doesn't do their thing. So, you know, that that's just the way to look at it. You know what I mean? So it, it's now if you're if you're the per, kind of person that, you know, gets to sit in the in the background and and and, you know, slide through, you know, with, without having to do certain things, then maybe you're you're not going to have a job soon. And that's you know, that was going to happen eventually. That doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't impact the, the situation, but that's right. You know, the, the, and it's funny, um, having gone through it as an employee and, you know, I survived the M&A and whatnot, but I decided to move on and start my own company. But the funny thing is the, um, had the conversation several times about either, uh, being acquired or acquiring or merging, um, like all three conversations I've had over the last five years, especially, you know, I I've learned now cause I get approached seven to 10 times a week. Oh, you know, we want to buy a company yeah. here. We want to buy. So Especially I've got a document. PE. Like yeah. PE these days. I mean, it's, yeah, crazy. it's crazy. So I've got a standard document that I wrote up cause I was tired of going through the conversation and it's my screening document. That's it. Basically I send them a response say, Hey, you know what? Answer these questions. Do you know, half of them never respond? They're like, why are you asking the questions? We are the ones supposed to be asking the questions. Uh, sorry, if you're not the right fit for me, my partner, our company, and my team, then I'm not going to waste time, right? So I actually have a standard template that I, I literally ask, and they're just some very simple questions. So why do you want to acquire our company? What is the objective? What do you plan on doing with us? What do you see the outcome being? What's the long-term strategy? 36 months, five years, whatever the case is. You know, um, what type of uh, uh, multiplier are you using? You know, who's doing the assessment? Have you done this before? How many have you done before? Can you give me an example of someone else you've done this with? And I ask all these questions. And uh, basically what, to, to, to deter them, most, most of the cases, that's what you want. Right. Because if right? they're real and they're serious, and I've had lots of people come back and they answer every single question. And then I can screen them whether or not I want to get back to them and, and, and continue right. or write them off kind of thing based on their answers. Because right. yeah. I now know if it's a fit for me and my future and what my exit strategy is and if it's a fit for my employees. Because if somebody wants to come in, take our customer list and fire everyone, I have no interest in selling. That's right. That's and right. I, 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 I had a, I had a conversation recently with somebody that said, listen, I can sell to any competitor out there, but you know, that, that competitor is going to do X, Y, Z things that I don't, I don't want. And I'm going to get more money from that competitor, but that's not what I want. What I want is I want to know that my team is taken care of. I want to know that, you know, the legacy of what we've built is going to, you know, live continue. on you yep. continue and um and that's why i'm here having that conversation with you you know as you're going through your your planning your exit planning as a business owner you have to think through those things is that something that you that matters to you does it matter that your name is going to disappear or does it matter or or do you want certain things to stay around and you have to have that clear so that way you can you know when it comes time you can meet the right buyer right or the right seller if you're looking to buy so you know i want to touch a little bit about you know cash and people you know people's expectation both in when they're selling the business and also when they're looking to acquire a business right so i'm going to go through the sale process first 
most business, most MSPs out there believe that when they're ready to sell, that they're getting 100% of their money right away. And I can tell you right now, most, I mean, I would say, and this is a figure I'm, I'm off the top of my head, but I would say 95% of the deals do not come with a full payout immediately. There's typically holdbacks. There's typically uh, uh, some kind of guarantees in place. So you're saying, okay, well, if these customers stay for three years, then you get paid the last 20%. Or if this happens, you guys, you know, get this. Or maybe the maybe it's structured to an S through an SBA, and the SBA says, well, we're going to pay out, you know. 75% of it immediately, but 25% get to hold back in an escrow or something in case there's some kind of litigation or a lawsuit or something that comes out. So there's all these things. That's why planning is important because, you know, but at the same token, if you're selling, you may not want all the money up front because again, it means that you're a higher capital gains tax and all this other stuff. And you want to be able to avoid having to pay a higher tax than necessary, right? So all these things are necessary to uh, uh, you know account for but also what it means is that the more flexible you are at the beginning in that sales that gives you the ability to say look i'm looking for just to say a million dollars for my business right but if you're looking to get a million dollars today you're not going to get a million dollars you're going to get seven hundred thousand because there's no way somebody's going to give you a hundred million a million dollars right away but if you say look i'm i'm I, I ultimately want a million dollars for this business. And you say, okay, fine. So let's let's plan this out. We're gonna give you six hundred thousand immediately. You know, we're gonna pay out two hundred thousand, you know, per year after that. And it's gonna take you three years to get your million dollars. You know. But hey, that's a better that's better than not having get it got it right away. But that takes planning and that takes understanding of what you're you're coming to the table with. So that's the that's the I'm selling my business kind of scenario. On the, I'm buying a business, the same applies. You look at it and you say, I need to buy a business. I need to have a million dollars to be able to buy this business. Well, maybe you don't. Maybe you just need 20%, 20% or maybe 10%. Who knows? Because nowadays SBA is guaranteeing up to 90% of your loan. So maybe you just need 10%. So let's say it's a million dollars. Maybe you just need a hundred grand. And maybe you can tell the, the seller, finance me that 100%, that, that, that 10%. So now you don't need anything out of pocket. And maybe the SBA says, okay, fine, we're going to give, you know, approve the, 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 the 900,000 and we're going to pay out 600,000 immediately. And then the 300,000, um, you know, over the next three years through uh, escrow or whatever. So now you have a situation where you have 600,000 that the bank's paying the, the seller immediately. The seller is giving you a seller's note for 100,000, which you're going to pay in a five-year agreement of, you know, pennies on the dollars. And then the last piece is hold up an escrow. All of a sudden you bought a million dollar company and you didn't put any money down. So it's what I'm, you know, what I'm trying to say is that there's ways to structure deals and look at how, how can we get into that? But what has to be strong is your financials have to be strong. Your planning right. has to be strong and your, and, and the ability to be flexible at purchasing is is got to be important so there's there's a lot of opportunity i've learned a lot through this through this process um and i I think that as we move on in the msp world there's going to be a lot more a lot more m a happening 
it's getting it's getting more and more common there's I've seen people even in our circle uh, at the the circuits. You know, one day they're they're competitors, and then go back to the next event, and oh my gosh, now they're the same company, kind of. They're thing. happily and, married. <laughs> yeah, and they're happily married, right? right? And and I think that is it's a really good thing for the industry because we're kind of scattered quite a bit right now, and consolidation would really help um, a lot, especially for some of the more seasoned veterans in the industry it, it kind of validates and makes life easier for the seasoned vets because you don't have you know people running things out of their basement that are giving it away for free anymore right that, so you, that's you, the problem. you start getting you get because that's a big issue in the industry you know we just uh took over a new customer um we we signed it in april and by time transition everything happened it was june 1st before we were able to go live the reason why it took so long was the existing MSP or the previous MSP now was promising they were going to do a lot of things, but nothing ever actually happened. Turns out mm -hmm. they were one of those, just you know, basement yeah. uh, MSP. They probably well, they probably weren't really an MSP. They were probably just a, a VAR of some sort. Well, they were an MSP because they charged you know um, a monthly fee to do mm. their network this that, and the other. But things like their backup, they had uh, um, a Barracuda appliance in there that wasn't even plugged into the network, and they were thought they were doing daily backups on it. And the owner of the company every day would go in and pull the hard drives out and swap it and because they were all external drives on this thing and I'm, I'm looking at this going this is the most complex thing in the world why would you anyways turns out that the device wasn't even plugged into the network and there hadn't been backups in over two years wow wow and the worst part was when we confronted the other msp and said buddy what what is this like where are the backups going he's like what do you mean and we said well the thing wasn't even plugged in he said well i told the customer to plug it in they didn't plug it in it's on them wait a minute what wow <laughs> like Really, you know, they shipped the appliance to them and then they told them to plug it in and they plugged it into the wall. And you know what? No fault to the customer. That's not That's the crazy. customer's fault at all, right? That's crazy. And you don't validate your backups. You don't do, like, so there's a lot of hacks out there, right? Yep. yep. And they were, when we first started talking, we really happy with their MSP. And then once we started doing some discovery, we realized a bunch of things and we opened up all these cans of worms and that was it. You know, once Pandora's box was opened, it was over and we were able to close it. And it took us two months to onboard this customer because it was an absolute disaster. Do you know, so that was beginning of June, just a couple of months ago, whatever. They've already agreed to be a customer testimonial. That's how fast you can turn around, a right? Because there are a lot of hacks and these guys are, and these people are out there doing subpar work. And 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 to your to your point, to the initial you know point is that the, there's too many of those out there, and it, it's it's damaging the the way that people look at MSPs, you know, and, and it, you know it just it just needs to be you know. So a little bit of consolidation does help because it allows yeah. us to be a little bit more professional. The the higher tier MSP that's more seasoned are going to do things the right way. Right now, we struggle with some of these smaller players that, you know, and it's okay to be small because you could be small and do the right thing. But there's some of these smaller players that just ignore some of the things that need to be done. And that's really what hurts right. the, the industry. Well, one of, so. one of our good friends, I don't want to name names, but one of our good friends, a mutual friend you and I have uh, out of the DC area, he's a smaller player. That's and right. he admits it. He goes, he's, but you want to know something? I've talked to him about how he executes with his customers. Yeah. We have a lot of in-depth. 
And he's a smaller player that he is. That's and right. I'll tell you something, they're a good shop. Their customers yeah. are in good hands. So size in, in the MSP space doesn't really matter. The vast majority of MSPs are actually smaller. Yep. There are only a handful really large ones. And guess what? They typically focus on the enterprise because the, the SMB market can't afford them. Yep. Right? Yep. So there's there's definitely a solid play for a, a good smaller MSP. You know, four employees. You don't need yeah, to have a lot. Absolutely, right? but they 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 have to do the right thing. And what happens, that's is, and that, that's why I always talk about the smaller players. Is most of the time, with four people, right, or five people, or two people, you know, a, a staff of two, is that there's not enough time in the day to be able to take on the, all the tasks that is required to be able to. Right, but what did account. he do? What did he do differently right from the get go? Yeah. He yeah. did some very that's another, different. That's things. another good episode. That's right? another good yeah, episode. Maybe we should we have him in here and that. have him talk. <laughs> I think we should do that. Yeah, because like I look at some of the things this guy did, and we'll we'll do a follow up episode with him. Yeah. I'll I will reach out, and I'm sure he'll be happy to come on. But he really did some things that he was thinking big. He wasn't thinking, right. "Oh, I'm only four people," even though that's he's humble right. and says we're small. That's right. But he thought big and did some things that were very different, and he was able to compete and achieve the objectives that a good MSP uh, does on a daily basis. And there's nothing wrong with that. So, but getting back to the whole conversation, even though he used to have a Tesla and he no longer does because of X, Y, Z reasons, so I'll never let him he's live got, that one down. He's but got that's a whole kids other now. He's got kids now. I have kids. He's probably got the minivan. <laughs> yeah, but you have the minivan yeah. version of the Tesla. It's not a minivan. <laughs> it's got wings. Mine flies, all right? Um, but on back onto the topic of cash and, and cash flow and all that, you know, to circle back to what I said in the beginning, in order to go through that journey and to do all the things that we're talking about, it is really smart to save a little bit, have a little nest egg. It's a it's good for many reasons. And and one of the big reasons is if you're not looking at MA as as an exit strategy, then there's a little cash egg for yourself at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, when you go to expand, grow, get equipment, this, that, or the other, and you need to get financing for something, or if you want to get in Canada, you have the SBA, we have the BDC up here that manages a lot of programs like the SBA does. When I go to the BDC, if I don't have money in the bank, they're not giving me money. That's right. Hard stop. You know, if I need to go well, buy a new generator for my data center and that's a quarter million dollars, they're going to look at the financials and say, okay, great, you've got a business model for it, but you've got no money in the bank. Well, guess yeah. what they're going to say? No. Yeah, the, the problem with our industry is that there, it's, there's not a lot of assets. It's, it's all goodwill. So, you know, we have to create assets somehow. The first way right. to create it is just having cash. Cash is, you know, cash is king, right? As we've but, said many times. <laughs> but beyond that, you know, you have to look at, you know, does it make sense to get into real estate? Does it make sense to invest, you know, in, in, in these things? Because if you have your financials in order, your CPA, your your CA or whatever it's called, depending on the country, you will have your financials in order. They will assess what are assets that are in the business, whether it's a vehicle, whether it's, you know, the, the, the chair that you sit in in the office, you know, or, or the servers that you have in the data center those things need to be accounted for in your financials. If you're not running your business correctly, you're probably not showing any assets. And if you're not showing any assets, no bank is going to want to lend you money. These things have to be in order. Planning, it takes time. You know, and again, I, I welcome anybody that wants to send an email and say, hey guys, you know, socialitforwhiskey.com, 
help me. I'm trying to do something. I don't know where to go. Reach out to us. Joe has experience on the Canadian side. I have experience on the U.S. side. I have contacts that I could potentially touch, you know, put people in contact with and help out. I'd like to help our fellow MSPs continue to grow their business, whether it is they need to exit, whether it is they need to grow by merging or whether they need to go out and buy. Right. I'm here and I'm making ourselves available. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with more. If you want any M&A advice as well, and, and or even from an exit strategy discussion, you want to understand what you know Canadian tax laws are like. Uh, I, I've just spent the last quite a, quite a bit of time making sure that I protect myself. I minimize the, the tax payable. I keep whatever's in that nest egg for my kids. And the government up here is notorious for, you know, pillaging everything that they can uh, through the tax. <laughs> it's, it's bad. It's really hey, bad. It's, it it's is what it you is. have no idea. Yeah. Look, so our capital gains is a really simple uh, calculation. It's half of half is what they say. And I'll tell you something, if you don't prepare yourself properly, you may pay half. <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's, it's really bad. So um, happy to, to, to talk. If anyone's looking to sell their MSP, let me know because uh, you know, some of the strategies that Myron said talked about today, um, I know we're both looking always. Um, yeah, happy to have absolutely. that conversation. You know, I, I, I had a, a it's, before I forget and before we finish off, I had a conversation with somebody um, uh, recently. Actually, it, it was, um, it, we've, we had an episode with Nancy Sabino, if you recall, right? Yeah. Nancy, for those that listen. Um, so I was having a conversation with the angel, her husband, and, you know, he was saying, you know, how crazy is it that, and we were talking about capital gains as a whole, and he said, there should be like a one-time exemption, right? That if you're if you have a business, right, and you're and and you build this business and you spend your life building this business and you're gonna go sell, that you have this one-time exemption to not have to pay the capital gains tax, right? Just one time. You can only use it one time in your life. That would yeah. be pretty cool if the if the politics would actually, you know, align themselves to do something yeah, like that because should, it makes sense. Can, you should it come may... to Canada. We do have that. I, that's what I said that's to him. The... That's why, that's why I'm bringing it up because that's what I said to him. I said, Canada has it. And he's like, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> the highest tax, one of the highest tax nations in the world. And we do have one and they, they're looking to get rid of it from what I hear, but it is $800,000 Canadian. So yeah. like half a million us. The first 800 grand, you it's a one. If you only use 300 of it, you can't say next time it's going to be 500. Yeah. It's gone. You only get yeah. to use it once in your whole life. Yep. And it's 800 grand that you can get without capital gains. So that's them giving you 125 thousand dollars essentially. Yeah, and that and and or 200. And sorry. It makes sense because if if you have somebody that's that's a serial, you know. A, a, you know, entrepreneur that builds a business, sells it, rebuilds another one, sells it. Yeah, you pay the capital gains tax because it, it is what it is. Right. But for somebody that 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 you know works their life, like if I work my whole entire life and at the end I'm looking to sell the business, I'm going to get hit on that tax. I mean, that's that's just you know. I right. So here's the funny sold. thing. So here's the here's the funny thing. So eight hundred thousand in the seventies was a lot of money, right? Yes. Eight hundred thousand today. It's not, not it's as nothing. much money. It's no, not, and with inflation after the pandemic is done, eight hundred thousand yeah. dollars is gonna be like a hundred. Like, yeah, it's, but it, it's I, absolutely. But you're saving. The point is, you're saving a hundred and one hundred and twenty something thousand dollars. One hundred twenty something thousand dollars. It's a lot of money. So 200. you know, 
um it, it it's it should be it should be something that right that but you know, my point is how many people only sell for eight hundred thousand? a lot of them are selling for a million two million five million that's so fine grand that's fine, but you're, you're capping you're capping 200 and and you know it's it's a yeah. little bit of a of a saving so it is what yeah it is. this is true no you're yeah. absolutely right and if they I and if they are selling for two three four million then it really doesn't matter because that they lose that the end of the capital gains but it's the it's the smaller players that are you know, looking to sell their yeah. business, five hundred thousand, and then there—that's their—that potentially is their retirement, because as a business owner, you know that it's really difficult to put money away for retirement because you're reinvesting it all into the business, and then you're going to get taxed on the end. You know what I mean? Like that—that's the anyway. Yep. No, I I couldn't agree with you more. I couldn't agree with you more than that. But what I will say is, it's really uncommon to have people that have gone through it as many times as you and I have. Like a lot of people just you know, get excited. They'll do it once, get turned off. And then they say no forever. And I'm not going right. to deal with this again. Uh, but it, if like, like Myron said, and like I said earlier, if you want to have an offline discussion, just reach out to us. Uh, we could, we're happy to hop on a call together or independently, yeah. depending on if you want Canadian or us perspective. Um, and at the yeah. end of the day, and in no way uh, are we any specialists. No, we're not specialists, but we'll give no. you our opinion for sure. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I, I can't stress enough that the number one thing for an exit strategy there is only one thing you should ever do and it's plan that's correct you have to plan you have to put a little bit of money away you got to talk to specialists it doesn't happen overnight you need to plan it and yes. as long as you plan for it it you'll get the best outcome possible absolutely don't don't wing it you'll regret it and with that we're going to end this episode Absolutely. Well, just as a thank you to everyone for listening over the last 50 episodes, the last five, not dozen, I guess, five decades of episodes or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, I'll, I'll side. Thank you very much to our loyal listeners. We keep growing every week in our listener base and it's great. And we couldn't, wouldn't continue doing it if there wasn't interest. Uh, if you do have any suggestions for future episodes or future topics or themes, Social at it4whiskey.com. IT for Whiskey, a podcast by MSPs to help MSPs. Don't forget to spread the word, like, and subscribe at it4whiskey.com. You smoke that Cisco and you may uh, DDoS yourself. <laughs> 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 <laughs>